Federica is the Chief Executive Officer at Global Fashion Agenda, or GFA. GFA was founded in Denmark, and it is a nonprofit organization with the ultimate vision to create a net positive fashion industry for people and the planet across the entire ecosystem. And throughout this episode, we talk about a lot of exciting things, but one of them being the first ever American based GFA Summit in Boston this year. And if you haven't heard about the GFA Summit before, it is one of the biggest and best sustainable fashion conferences in the world. Typically, they are in Copenhagen. However, this year GFA is doing their first American based one in Boston, like I mentioned. It's going to be on September 27th, 2023. We will have the link to get tickets down below. However, if you would like to get 15% off your tickets, you can use the code GFSBOSTON15, and we will also have that in the show notes for you too. I really enjoyed chatting with Federica, so without any further ado, let's dive into the conversation. Join the slow fashion revolution with Recloseted Radio. As the number one podcast for fashion entrepreneurs with a conscience, we're here to help you reach new heights. I'm your host, Selena Ho, the founder and CEO of Recloseted, and I'm on a mission to share my insider knowledge and strategies for launching a successful sustainable brand, growing your existing slow fashion business, and making your brand more environmentally friendly. I also invite industry experts to share their stories and insights too. So subscribe and let's get to work on transforming the harmful fashion industry. Welcome, Federica, to Recloseted Radio. I am so excited to sit down with you today, and I really look forward to chatting with you. Thank you very much. Happy to be with you. Diving right in, can you quickly introduce yourself and give us an overview of your career? I'm Federica Marchioni, Chief Executive Officer at Global Fashion Agenda. And before joining uh, what we call GFA, Global Fashion Agenda, I attained leadership roles in uh, Europe. I'm Italian in U.S. I lived in the U.S. and in China, I worked there as well. And I graduated from La Sapienza University with a master's degree in business administration and a thesis in mobility. And my career began in the early stage of the telecommunication industry, uh, working for global leaders such as Samsung, Philips, Ericsson, because I was always a forward thinker. And I chose an emerging industry where it was possible to grow at that time. And I moved into fashion only around 2000 and 2001 precisely. And I had the great opportunity to experience all the aspects of the value chain. Different categories working in different parts of the world, as I said, in different segments, uh, offline and online, and most importantly, both from the high end and affordable price points. I always led with purpose in my entire career, and the pandemic really pushed me to make the jump into a, a pure non-profit world to help transform the fashion industry to become sustainable. Amazing. It seems like you've had a really fulfilling career, so thank you for walking us through that. But before we dive into our other questions, I wanted to set the stage, as sustainability can be such a buzzword, so I wanted to get a sense of what that word means to you and what your definition looks like. Sustainability for me is something holistic and all-encompassing. 
which I believe can best describe uh, by GFA vision of a net positive industry, one that gives back more to the nature of words, people, society, and the economy that it takes out. Um, it cultivates a fashion industry that is not only exciting and uh, joyful, but sustainable and inclusive as well. Uh, through uh, net positive, we flip the script on the widespread belief that we should simply be doing less bad and instead see if we can generate more good. Going forward, the fashion industry uh, must actually predicate sustainability by focusing on the entire value chain, as well as the complete life cycle of the product. The supply chain remains the most impactful part of the industry, and a strong partnership between brands and supplier will head the much-needed change in this area. After all, it is a net positive fashion industry that will continue to prosper despite all the inevitable disruptions. Uh, a growing number of companies have embarked upon the sustainability journey and um, we learn from the, the remarkable example of this being showcased. Uh, we now need to see an increased shift from the net positive ambition to the net positive actions. I love that. And so we talked a little bit about the global fashion agenda and how you're working towards a net positive fashion industry. But can you dive a little bit deeper as to what GFA actually does? With pleasure. Global Fashion Agenda is a nonprofit organization that fosters industry collaboration to accelerate impact. And with the vision, as I was saying before, of a net positive fashion industry, we drive action by mobilizing inspiring, influencing, educating all stakeholders. And we do so through a series of initiative lights. The renowned Forum on Sustainability in Fashion, which we call now Global Fashion Summit, which also hosts an innovation forum. We do also have a total leadership publication with, that includes, for example, Fashion on Climate, the Fashion CEO Agenda, the GFA Monitor. We have impact programs, particularly on circularity, such as the Circular Fashion Partnership. And we do policy advocacy, including our newly launched Global Textile Policy Forum. Global Fashion Agenda has a diverse ecosystem of remarkable and committed partners and alliances in the whole industry. And actually, all the industry can achieve a bigger impact when acting in collaboration. So we foster those uh, collaboration for this reason, so we can accelerate uh, action. And we are always expanding these alliances uh, and converging with the agencies, industry and sector as well. And this year, for example, we did with the Watches and Jewelries Initiative 2030, and with the logistic partners like MARSC or with the United Nations Environment Programs. And uh, we are also increasingly uh, focused on a global impact. So we are hosting also international uh, edition of the summit. We had uh, one in Asia last year in Singapore, and we will have one this year uh, in America. In, uh, and... Uh, what we also do, uh, which is very crucial, 
is the educational piece. So we we do that throughout the whole year, so not just the summits that happen twice a year now. And we have masterclasses series that facilitate learning opportunity throughout the year for those who are interested to advance uh, in the sustainability knowledge and impact across a wide range of topics. Last but not least, let me say that a global fashion agenda is also expanding the circular fashion partnership that I mentioned before. The impact program be the first iteration that we had uh, in Bangladesh. And so we are going to Vietnam and Cambodia and in other places and replacing hundreds of thousands of tons of virgin textile with recycled materials. That's the goal, the Circle Fashion Partnership for your information in Bangladesh. So over 150 participants, including brands, recycle and manufacturers, segregated and collected over 7,000 tons of textile waste in 2022. So encourage. Wow, that's amazing. The GFA does so much and you and the team should be so proud. I know all of you work really, really hard towards your mission. So good on you. I'll leave resources like the GFA monitor and all the masterclasses down below. I always share them with our clients and our communities. So we'll leave them again down below for people that are interested. I would love to dive a little bit deeper into the summit. I know that the Copenhagen Fashion Summit just happened. It looked amazing. I couldn't make it and I was so sad. But I went last year and I know that discussions and the conversations are so, so, so important. So I would love to hear in your perspective, what was the big highlight from the Copenhagen Summit? Thank you very much for coming on the summit last year. And we welcome you and others that wants to come this year, both in Boston or the future uh, one in Copenhagen again. I did say at the summit that we have a busy agenda. In fact, so we, also, we immediately showcase our video that explain our our activities and everything we do actually is online and available for everyone. We are a nonprofit and the educational piece, as I was saying, is very crucial. So at the summit as well, we educate, uh, but most importantly, we mobilize uh, and we make sure that people convene to also network and foster those, those uh, collaboration and create from there sometimes new programs or new initiatives or can follow through the initiative. So the get-together is really a momentum to also promote what I call the systemic change. So it's very important that this gathering of change makers, distinguished leaders, really, and people that are from the small company to the big company and from every segment of the market, because that to me is important. We give a voice to the one that needs to understand, that wants to understand and also want to act uh, on that. So the, the summit was very much focused on encompassing the full spectrum of the industry. More and more, we uh, have to do with the supply chain and the global south. And that's why we also need to move the summit, not just in Copenhagen, but we went last year in Asia to, in fact, speak more to the supplier. The approach we do have in Global Fashion Agenda is actually really an ambition to action. So the team came natural to us that we wanted to express that and focus on tangible impact and evidence-based solutions. 
Uh, today, it's not anymore the time where we need to speak why we or convince of why we have to embark in the sustainability journey, uh, but more to how and what to do. So with the four stages that we had, we spearhead several and initiatives there where we learned several things, among which we learned that you can establish more circular business models uh, by funding creative ways to use textile waste, whether it's through the innovative design as demonstrated by Puma on the designer challenge or through joining alliances such as the Global Circular Fashion Forum as I mentioned before, or alternately, you can harness new technology to track garments and make resale more accessible, as shown, for example, by the partnership that the Sierra Collective and Chloe discussed. And in another way, you can make smart material choices through innovative collaborations with Guinea Ruby Labs for exploring biochemical alternatives as showcases by UPM and Vogue. And you can also choose more low-carbon logistic alternatives from green foods to increase efficiencies in transportation, as demonstrated by Musk. You can gain guidance from new publication, for example, the um, Sustainable Fashion Communication Playbook that was launched by UNEP and the UN Climate Change. I'm sure that you've heard about it. And you can work to establish better wage system for garment workers by using digitized mechanisms to expedite a payment process at scale, because the important things on the solution today is to scale them. And that was explained on the innovation stage, and the team uh, of Mango actually demonstrated the journey towards the real traceability for garment workers' experience on what we call the red stage. We had different stages with different colors, and that was on the red stage. This is also very interesting because we wanted to hear from young generation and also to empower them. So we created a next-gen assembly in the program uh, in partnership with the Fashion Values program. And they participated in uh, closed-row roundtables alongside the industry leaders. So the members were able to candidly share their perspective and the stories from their age and experience since they are students, but they have their point of view, that will be the future of our planet. So it was good for the industry leader also to, to learn from them. And in following the summit, the story of the next Gen Assembly participants will be uh, collected and communicated throughout the year. And the group really is still a great sense of hope in me for the future of the industry and the planet. And another allied, speaking of, of young people, we always have volunteers. And one volunteer of seven years ago now is Dr. Akan Kerasman, who came and uh, had a keynote on stage. So it was very good to see full circle moments to have him on stage. And uh, beyond the stage, what was very, very productive was also conversation taking place in more strategic meetings. This discussion are crucial if you are to build really impactful collaboration, both 
across industry and, as I was saying, the value chain. We look forward to monitoring all these outcomes of the meetings, especially the ones that happen both on stage and on those roundtable meetings, so then develop uh, other initiatives in coming months. And the industry relies on case studies and the opportunity to showcase those case studies and to have people to ask questions and to interact was really very useful. And in fact, this year we changed the program to integrate more of this case study so we can really see the ambition into action. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot covered. You weren't kidding when you said there was a packed agenda. Absolutely. I'm excited to watch the replay. And for folks that couldn't make it, we'll leave the link for the replays as well so they can access it. But given everything that was covered, what were some of your biggest takeaways? That is also going to be a, a long one because we had three. So very easy in that policy, data and storytelling. For example, you know, speaking on policy, we know that in every, in every country, in every company, in every activities, voluntary action is critical, but we also know that it's not enough to achieve what we want to achieve, which is a systemic change uh, that is needed to meet the targets. And let's not forget that everything we're doing is to align with the 1.5 degree pathways and to achieve also the sustaining, sustainable development goals. The Agenda 2030 and 2050 are the goals that uh, we need to achieve and to make sure that the fashion industry, which is one piece of bigger puzzle, is playing an important role to make sure that then the planet is protected and uh, we work within the planetary boundaries and protect biodiversity and the communities and the society. So um, regulation play an important, very important role. And this year, the upcoming regulation is set to push the industry to communicate more transparently. And this will only continue to gain momentum. So we are indeed in a turning point when it comes to policy impacting textile. Just to give you an idea, this sector went from being almost completely unregulated to have more than 16 legislative proposals on the table just at the EU level in the course of one and a half years. And what we're trying to do and what we also try to do at the summit is to make sure that the legislation is harmonized both at the EU level but at the global level as well. And to do so, we need a constructive discussion between policymakers and industry stakeholders that is centered on positive impact. And so we had team leaders from the EU, but also from US, actually, that came to speak as well as Asia and in particular from Bangladesh. So we launched what we call the Global Textile Policy Forum, that is a platform for governments and textile industry association from around the world to align on ambition sustainability pathways for the industry and the global policy uh, frameworks needed. We raise and amplify supply chain voices and spread the likely impact of the EU textile strategy outside the EU, because everyone is waiting for this to be potentially um, embraced in other places. And we also launch a new policy matrix to summarize the key legislation 
going on implication the textile industry. And this matrix is intended to be an overview of the main regulative initiative relating to the five priorities of the Fashion Zero Agenda. On data, as another point for a global fashion agenda to really support this part together with the policy and storytelling, as I say, three main important things. We need to underline that the UN Sustainable Development Goal emphasize the need for companies to be transparent in their sustainable uh, initiative. And uh, policy implementation actually relies on the robust data and equitable framework to collect those data sets. So assessing the progress of the industry is essential if we are to really generally improve uh, performances. And it is definitely undeniable, challenging, and we need to champion those doing important works and hold accountable those falling short without having access to accurate performance metrics. However, uh, we also need to know that uh, has been an emerge of green hashing, where businesses are increasingly opting to stay quiet about their sustainability strategies because they fear to be shamed if they fall uh, short. And I always compare sustainability somehow as a journey where the trial and error is very much needed and as a process. So not everything will work, not everything will work at the first time, but we need to keep trying. And of course, accurate and robust data is key to substantiate uh, sustainability claims. So sustainability claims should not be... Uh, allowed if they're not substantiated, and they are substantiated if there are robust data. But this should not be a prerequisite to them making progress. So progress is more important than perfection. Uh, in summary, uh, what we want to emphasize is that we need to support those that are making those changes to prevent the escalation of green ashing and emphasize value of sustainability. This is key. So a global fashion agenda is also increasingly working to measure industry change through publication like the GFA Monitor and also through our various impact program. Amazing. Thank you for taking the time to really summarize all of that. That was so well done. And I know there's going to be so much goodness in the replays and stuff, so I'm excited to dive in. I'm also really looking forward to the legislation. It's such a long time coming, and it'll be interesting to see how it finally shapes up. Unfortunately, to your point, it is causing a lot of companies to go into silence, and it's causing green hushing, to your point. And I just think that's so unfortunate because we miss such a big opportunity to be more transparent, to be more authentic, and have discussions around what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. And so Hopefully, everyone can realize that instead of being too afraid to talk about anything, we should actually just lead with transparency and a willingness to do better. And then that way, we can actually change the industry. Switching gears a bit, I wanted to ask if you had advice for small to medium fashion brands, because a lot of them aspire to scale and grow their business. But then at the same time, they can feel guilty because as they get bigger, their environmental impact also gets bigger as well. 
So how do you feel like these small to medium businesses should think about it? Or how do you think they should try to balance this? I am very optimistic, especially uh, with those small, because, well, the entire industry is really full of creative minds and brilliant people. So the ones that have more of this small, medium enterprise can actually disrupt more the industry because they're new, they can start in different ways and they have fresh perspective and that's very encouraging. But we also need to understand that, of course, everything has to be scaled. However, it is important that they will delve very much into anything that is innovation. And that is emerging through, for example, our innovation forum. We have an extended range of solution providers that are encouraging this industry-wide transformation. And to give you a few examples, Innovation Forum had everything from cactus-based alternatives to leather to end-to-end transparency solution to algae-based dyes and 3D printed footwear. So what I really encourage those folks to do is to innovate at every level value chain to create a more inclusive, resource-efficient, and transparent future. And those emerging brands should really immerse themselves in the world of innovation because this is key. We want to ensure that all solution providers in our innovation form are scalable and so those companies can engage and then learn what other solutions are and be curious and from that also to delve more and more so that then they can use those solutions and help also those innovators to scale themselves so it is for a brand, but it's also for the solution providers. They have the same goals, basically. Yeah, that's so well said, and I totally agree. And on the flip side, for bigger fashion brands, if some of them haven't really thought about their sustainability strategy or they haven't fleshed it out, but they want to do their part, do you have any words of advice? Because it can be overwhelming and they may not know where to start. Again, being an optimist, I said on my remarks at the summit, and I want to repeat here, that the industry has the power to inspire top talent, engage citizens, and bring the support of communities worldwide. So let's start right here. Because I strongly believe that fashion leaders from brilliance are in this unique position to re-evaluate the ways that companies produce distribute and market their products. And I urge those leaders and their teams to explore the GFA monitor, which is a resource with available solution tools and case studies to guide all uh, fashion industry actors in taking action on the pathways toward net positive fashion industry by 2050, as we were saying. The monitors build on the Fashion CEO Agenda Framework, which was established by GFA a few years back with a visionary uh, statement for the uh, industry that highlights the imperative needs for social and environmental sustainability. Most importantly, I want to tell you which are those five uh, sustainability priorities for the ones that uh, never heard about them. So 
respectful and secure work environments, better wage system, research stewardship, smart material choices, and circular systems. So we have two that are social, two that are uh, environmental, and one that is in in the middle that is circular. And those outline opportunities for brands and retailers to set fact-based sustainability strategies and and so to take action to achieve uh, this vision. And uh, we have found that sustainability and profitability, especially for those big brands, are not mutually exclusive. And there is, in fact, a strong business case for implementing sustainability practice. The, the longer brands wait to do so, the more expensive and difficult it will become to prosper. So it is also clear that customers are beginning to hold brands accountable for their sustainability strategies and therefore investments in future proving your business now should prove profitable in the long run. And in one example, based on the circular fashion partnership that I also mentioned before on the scaling circularity, we found that major recycling technology have the potential to be more cost-effective than using corresponding virgin material if they are scaled. So I believe that we can turn our imagination into reality if we dare to act and bear the challenges along these pathways. This is key. So to the big brands, you need courage, you need vision, and you need just to bear. Again, justice, not justice. It's a hard work and it's a long run, but um, it's a future proof of your business. Yeah, that's so well said. And I always say too, when brands say it's expensive or we just don't have time or budget right now, to your point, what's the opportunity cost of not doing this? How many more years can you afford to act like this? So it is so important to start now. And to your point too, the longer you wait, the more expensive and costly it's going to be. So start now, have the courage and the vision, like Federica says, and the rest will fall into place. And I have a fun question for you. I always like to ask this, but if you had a magic wand and you could wave it around, what are three things you would do to change the fashion industry for the better? I do wish to have one sometimes and not only to fix the fashion industry, but this is what I am doing now uh, primarily. Uh, And so think of that. uh, And I want to explain why I'm saying this because, you know, the words recently have become so difficult and uncertain. And so we need the magic wand in several instances. But, you know, going to discussed specifically for the fashion industry that can be truly transforming the systemic nature that we aim. Uh, We need to, number one, have a substantial reduction of resource consumption and emission. Number two, I would say access to innovative business models that are restorative, narrative, regenerative, and can decouple uh, growth from production, still allowing for self-expression that embrace full circularity. And last but not least, number three, fair pay and secure work environments for everyone who works in fashion. 
Yes, love it. There's so many things wrong with the fashion industry, but you chose a good three to tackle. And so speaking of the Boston GFA Summit, it's really exciting. And I would love to hear your vision for the summit and what folks can expect. Well, we look very much forward to be in America for the first time and to be in Boston in particular. And we choose North America because it is home to some of the world's most renowned brands and leading retailer. To give you some numbers, you know, an estimated of 1.8 million people employed in the U.S. fashion industry. And we wanted also to be more within the reach of South America because besides being a significant apparel and footwear market, it is a fast-growing value chain. And so it will play even a stronger role in the transformation of the industry. So at our forum in Boston, we will continue our team ambition to action with even more retail voices in the program to form a deeper understanding of their challenges, the differences, and the opportunities towards a more sustainable biochain. We will also delve deeper into the difference and parallels in the needs as we were talking about small brands versus bigger players, uh, especially in the U.S. where uh, there are many more startups and many more new companies uh, that uh, will always emerge. And uh, we plan to use our next summit to explore how to emphasize and measure the value proposition for sustainability. And looking at technological development, U.S. is very much based on technology, can bring also increased efficiencies and new solutions. So we would like to discuss uh, that too. And, you know, during this predictable time for global and national economies, sustainable retail is a strategic response that can help uh, insulates businesses from a broader market uh, uncertainty. This is really important because it's primarily because a sustainable and net positive fashion industry is associated with a greater resilience. Resilience is key for the, for the businesses and long-term value creation. So enabling retailers to better weather volatility. This is something that if we learn to do that, then we can again, as uh, mentioned before, future-proof businesses. And why the sustainability attitude behavior cut in consumer has been historically significant, the current trends actually suggest a gradual closure due to a rise in environmental consciousness, uh, particularly among the young generations. So this enhanced data can further expedite disclosure and allowing customer to align their purchasing behavior with their sustainability attitudes. So closing those gaps will be also something that we can discuss about it. Showcase inspiring thought leadership to accelerating change by also exploring the metrics of interconnected topics but also have those case studies and, and business studies to share openly evidence-based solution 
and powerful initiatives that can advance someone else's work. And attendees will also have access to an innovation forum uh, that we'll also have and will be curated by our team. Amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited to attend and see all the discussions and conversations happen. So for folks listening that are excited and also would love to attend and get involved, can you share how they can do that? Well, first of all, in person, as uh, and I really hope that many people will attend and want to learn and want to put ambition to action. But also, they can secure their tickets at our, on our websites. Everything is already available, and you can purchase the ticket there, but also online. So it, it is an hybrid summit, which is very important because not everyone can travel. Or not everyone can really attend in person, but we want to make sure that the educational parts of the program is available for everyone who wants to engage. And so that is also very important. So online or in person in Boston through our website. Yeah. And we'll have all the links in the show notes too, so folks can check that out. Last but not least, how can everyone stay in touch and support the GFA? We'll really love to have a lot of uh, you engage with GFA. Again, everything besides, you know, the ticket at the summits, everything we do on the reports, on the educational part is available for free for everyone who wants to learn. So I will encourage very much to go on our website, globalfashionagenda.org and download the reports and also follow our uh, social media and to subscribe on our uh, newsletter. And well, for everyone who wants to support us, uh, there is a way to uh, do that. So by using the donate button and support our work. Awesome. I will have everything linked in the show notes, but thank you so much, Federica, for taking the time to have this conversation with me today. It was so awesome getting to connect with you and hearing your thoughts. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope everyone will become sustainable. Thank you. And that's a wrap on this episode. If you got value from this, I would appreciate it if you could take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at Recloseted. Be sure to subscribe to the Recloseted Radio podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode and you have access to all of our valuable resources. And if you're feeling generous, please rate our podcast five stars and leave us a glowing review. I'm cheering you on and together, let's transform the harmful fashion industry.